Welcome back to this week's episode of BC Buckets Podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Beach-Patterson, and as always, joined by head men's basketball coach of the Briarcliff University Chargers, head coach Mark Segura. Coach, how are we doing this week? Doing great, Bobby. How were your holidays? Pretty good. Yourself, you guys have to do much traveling? Nope, just, just Omaha and back, so all good. Good. Well, hey, yeah, definitely a good holiday for the men's basketball program as well. We'll talk about that and dive into it. A uh, little bit of a hiatus here, getting back on track with the holidays. Uh, really good uh, last uh, stretch here for the men's program, and then another big week ahead here with uh, GPAC play. And we'll touch base on it here. Obviously, a big win a couple weeks ago at home against Morningside. Really fun game to watch, uh, and a really good win at home against Crosstown Rival. That's always fun here, Coach. And then uh, dropped a little bit and had a little bit of a hiccup against Midland at home Saturday, but was able to bounce back with a nice non-conference win against a pretty solid Ottawa team. Uh, and then you talk about last week here, uh, the holiday classic, uh, due to, uh, some, some safety issues was only able to get one game in, but played a, played a Waldorf team, a long, uh, quick athletic team. Uh, I was able to be there in person for that. And holy smokes. I mean, Briarcliff guys shot the lights out of the basketball, finished shooting 63%. Uh, from the field uh, for the game and pulled away with a really nice victory there uh, against the Waldorf team. Coach had to be really uh, pleased about that for the last non-conference game of the year. Yeah, that's – tell you what, when when you come back after Christmas break, our guys had eight days off and, you know, we had three practices to get ready for that game and, and you don't always know exactly what that's going to look like. Fortunately, we, we have a pretty veteran and mature team, so I wasn't worried about – you know, not being ready to play or anything like that. It was, is our timing going to be, uh, you know, on point? Are we going to shoot the ball well? And obviously I was pretty pleased with both those things. We shot it well. And, you know, in terms of our execution, particularly on the offensive end, I think that's where your timing and your spacing is so important. I thought we did a pretty good job of that. And, you know, early in that game, we built a lead. Um, you know, Connor Groves was really hot from three, obviously went five for five. And, uh, I mean, that kind of kick-started everything for us offensively. But, you know, they, they did make a push at us kind of briefly in the second half there. And, you know, then we kind of got it back on track. And, you know, it was, it's always nice when you, you get a game like that every once in a while where you're able to play some of the guys who don't regularly play. And, you know, we got some good solid minutes for, for a handful of our guys. And I think that's invaluable, especially for some of the younger guys. Who, who haven't experienced the on-court minutes all that much this year. And, and so, yeah, it's, it's, it's nice to also have that game right after Christmas before you jump back into conference play because you get in the conference and everything's just uh, magnified a little bit more and, and the way you need to execute has to be a little bit better and the way you need to compete defensively has to be a little bit higher. And so to get a game under your belt um, and, and be able to, to – do some really good things. I think that's huge for momentum. That's huge for your confidence as you go into your next game. So yeah, that Waldorf game was a, was a good night for us and um, good, good to get a win right after Christmas. And like I said, build that momentum going into GPAC play for the weekend. For sure. And just touching base on that Waldorf game here. I mean, being there and I obviously know that you, you stress pace a lot to your guys and the team and to hear you on, on the bench yelling pace. I mean, you could see it. It was pretty evident right away. I mean, you touched on it. Connor, Connor Groves uh, started out really hot from behind the three point line. Uh, but then also when they kind of were trying to keep us honest, was able to get it down low to Borhave. Uh, Quinn uh, VC had a couple really nice drives and we kind of kept them honest inside and outside and was able to really space the floor a whole lot. So talk about, the last non-conference game of the year. And it traditionally always be in this time of year. What are some of those things that you're looking for out of your guys to really get into the meat and potatoes of your schedule now with, hey, it's GPAC play the rest of the way. What are some of those things that you're looking to take and use as momentum uh, to get to GPAC play here this time of year? Well, I think it's, it's offensively, it's just being sharp with your ed execution, being sharp with your spacing. And, and as, as elementary as it sounds, being sharp with just passing and catching the ball clean. You know, it sounds so basic and simple, but, man, there's nothing that can disrupt the flow of an offense 
more than a bad pass or a bobbled catch. And so I think that's the key. And, I, and then I think defensively it's can we, can we go through a game plan, can we go through a scouting report, and then go out and execute that? Because we certainly have our base defense, and, you know, we don't deviate from that a whole lot. But every game there's going to be something different we, we might adjust or we might game plan for. And you have to be able to do that from game to game and, you know, go from a Wednesday and maybe do something completely different on a Saturday. And so that's, those are the things it's, it's the execution of everything. It's the, the mental side of it. Can you, you know, take what we're showing you on film? Can you take what we're talking about in scouting report, what we're walking through on the floor and then go out there and actually do it. And, you know, I thought we, we've done a really good job of that for the most part this year. And I, and I think that goes back to, to having a veteran and mature team. Um, you know, but that was, I thought all those things were really good in that Waldorf game. And, and so that's, that's an encouraging thing to see, you know, especially, like I said, coming out, coming back after an eight day break, um, you know, and, and we have a lot of guys who I'm sure were in the gym, found a way to get shots up, get a workout in. But it's just not the same. So you're going to lose a little bit of conditioning. And we'll get that back really quick. But when you lose conditioning, the first thing to go, is, the first two things to go are your, your communication and your focus. And, you know, for, for two games now, post-Christmas, I think we've done a pretty good job of that. You know, certainly not perfect, but pretty good job of that. And I think right now we should be playing with a lot of confidence. Absolutely. And, and coming into this last Saturday, you guys are going down uh, to Hastings, Nebraska. And it, it, Hastings is one of those teams, that it almost seems like it doesn't matter what kind of season they're having. I mean, uh, Hastings is always a tough place to play. You know that. Um, obviously, you coach down there for a few years. It can be a tough environment. They've got some veteran guys on their team as well. Deshaun Walker, uh, Carson Gansbaum, some good players. And you guys are able to come out with a really nice 74-64 win, holding team under 70 at their home place is always a huge feat. Talk about kind of that game uh, and how you guys are using that as positive momentum. Cause yeah, I mean, GPAC play is upon us and it's, it's all conference play from here on out. And like we say all the time, nothing better than a GPAC road game. No, there's absolutely nothing better than that. But uh, yeah, you know, Hastings is one of those trips. It's, it's just a little out of our routine in terms of what we do. It's, it's a long enough trip that we go down, the night before, stay in a hotel. And, you know, that's not a big deal, particularly this year, because we've done that so many times with the travel and the schedule we've played. Um, and, and this time of year, when we're not in class, it makes that a little bit easier. We can practice earlier in the day, get out there soon. We're not rolling into town at 10, 11 o'clock at night. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's been a tough place to play. Um, you know, we've, we've won there. We've lost there probably about 50-50 since I've been at Briarcliff. But, uh, you know, with the weather on, on Saturday, wasn't sure what kind of crowd we were going to have. Um, you know, it wasn't a huge crowd. Unfortunately, a lot of our fans and parents weren't able to make it because of the weather. You know, it was in that part of Nebraska, it was worse from like 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. than it was after the game when obviously everybody would be traveling there. But, uh, yeah, we, we came out. Uh, I thought we played – played pretty well you know had a lead at halftime we were a little disappointed at halftime we thought you know we we had a nine point lead that maybe could have been pushed to 12 13 right before half and they cut it to three actually uh, but we came right out and pushed that lead back up to 11 um and it, you know the second half was was interesting because the first few minutes we push it to an 11 point lead next few minutes they take a two-point lead and then I felt like after we called a timeout after that, we got back to basics offensively. We really started moving the ball, got their defense scrambling a little bit, got some really, really great looks, and, you know, pretty much controlled the game from there on out and got a couple of big stops late, made a couple of big plays late offensively. And, you know, like you said, it. there's nothing better than a road win on the league, and, and it's, it's hard to win on the road. And, you know, as much as, like I said, at halftime, we were a little frustrated because we thought, we left a few out there. Maybe we could have had a little bit bigger lead. You don't very often go into someone else's gym and, and win on in a blowout. 
it just doesn't work like that. And, you know, so getting it done, still coming away with a double digit uh, win as a, as a great win for us. And, you know, to kick off the GPAC, you know, not, it's not the second half yet, but, you know, we're in the back half of the season and to kick that off with a win on the road was, was great for our guys. And I thought, you know, again, like we've had a lot of times this year, we were really balanced. I thought it was a real true team win. And I thought our bench was huge for us. And that, that's been the case numerous times, but you know, Nick Hoyt had 16 off the bench. Matt Stillwell had 15 off the bench. You know, those guys were both really, really good for us. And so you look at that box score, you know, Kyle Borges, our leading scorer, and I think he scored five points is all. But we had other guys, you know, making up for that. And so makes for a fun ride home. Fortunately, the weather subsided and the roads were fine. So we, we got back and ready to push forward. And that bench plays is going to be huge, and it's always huge. But um, obviously we're not in the, the second half of the schedule yet, but when it does get to be that time when you're seeing the, the Hastings and the Mount Martys of the world the second time and every other GPAC team, it's always nice, and it gives you that much more balance and trust in your bench and that depth to, okay, these guys can't just hone in on, on Kyle this night or something. It's like, okay, we got a Nick Hoyt who's – one of the best three-point shooters in the conference come up a bench. And we got a Matthew Stillwell who's tough and nitty and he'll dive on the floor and he'll put his head down and get to the rim. So that's always got to be nice and a good luxury to have going in the second half of the season. And when you look at this week here, I mean, we got two uh, big-time games again. Uh, we'll start out with Wednesday, another really tough uh, GPAC road game, going up to Mitchell, playing in the Corn Palace, which is always a unique place to play, tough place to play. Um, program that you and I have a lot of respect for. Obviously, we've had Coach Wilbur on the program here a few times. Um, so talk about uh, Dakota Westing here a little bit and, and what you're kind of looking for out of that game here uh, this Wednesday. Yeah, well, and obviously, you know, I've said this a hundred times. It's, it's a program I have an immense amount of respect for. They've had a ton of success since Coach has been there. Um, you know, he and I are pretty good friends in the coaching business. But, uh, you know, they, they're they a different team than a lot of the GPAC teams. They're just – they're a little bit bigger, um, play a little bit different, pretty slow and methodical in what they do. They're incredibly physical. Multiple guys can really beat you up in the post offensively. They're going to try to beat you up defensively. Um, and I, I think they're just tough. And, you know, those teams are hard to play against because, you know – you know, they're never going to give in. Um, and so going up there is always tough. It's it's not a place that, unfortunately, we've had a ton of success over the years. But, uh, you know, it's going to be a good crowd. It's going to be a good game. And, you know, you look at, you know, their record in the league, they're kind of right around 500. I don't believe they've lost at home this year. And, you know, that just speaks to how tough of a place to play the Palace is. And, uh you know, so we'll be looking forward to that. And we've had some wild games up there in the past. We've had some wild comebacks. We've had the infamous bat game of 18-19. But, uh, no, it, it's a fun game. It's, it's, it's turned into a little bit of a rivalry. I just I do think there's a lot of respect going both ways within this matchup. And that's, that's fun to be a part of. And, and we're so fortunate in the GPAC that we get that a lot and that's you know that's gonna be fun yeah and you just look at the GPAC in general I mean in the last 10 years um, since you started um, as an assistant coach at Briarcliff and now being the head coach I mean you look at two programs in the conference that have had um, the success and the accolades and you just look at all Americans that have come through that program it's those two programs, Briarcliff and Dakota Western, are pretty special, not only in the country, uh, but kind of in the GPAC as well. Yeah, and I think I'd have to really tally it up. Like, but Coach Wilber and I have talked about this. I think in the last nine years or so, the two programs combined have something like 25 All-American selections. I mean, that's incredible if you think about that and, and how many good players over the last decade on both sides there have been. And, and, you know, like I said, so many good games between the two of us um, that it's, it's just become a fun, it's a fun game to play every single year. And, you know, it's generally been, there hasn't been a whole lot of blowouts 
in, in the matchups with, with the two of us, with a couple exceptions, um, both ways, honestly, but, uh, it's always a good game. And, you know, the corn palace is a unique place, obviously. Um, you know, you're playing basketball in an auditorium basically, but tell you what, they get great crowds. It's fun. They're into it. They're loud. Usually get a couple guys down on the end zone yelling at me most of the game. So that's always fun. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be fun. Yeah, and you think about it too, and I believe that this is Wednesday will be kind of the first game back uh, for some students uh, possibly. So you put another element in there and with with the Christmas break, not having to deal with opposing student sections. Um, so kind of get back into it now. That's definitely another element to contend with. But yeah, Wednesday traveling up uh, to the Corn Palace, uh, playing Dakota Weston. And then you look at Saturday, Coach, um, Another tough one, you know, when you look at it, I mean, another another program and a guy that you've got a lot of respect for, Coach uh, McKeithen down in Crete, uh, Wood Zone. They have a lot of experience, a lot of guys that um, are, are fifth-year seniors there this year. They're playing a lot better basketball uh, right now. And, yeah, just a, a solid, tough, uh, gritty Dome team coming to the Flanagan Center on Saturday. Yeah, Dome's tough to play against. You know, they, again, kind of like Dakota Weslin, they're, they're different in a way from everybody. You know, they run the triangle offense and, you know, basketball people, you know, listening to this know, you know, you hear triangle offense, you think 90s bulls, um, but they, they're good at it. They execute it really well. They, they, their spacing with it is really, really good. And, you know, you said it, they're old, they're veteran, they're tough, and, and they've been really good. They've had some really nice wins on the year, um, have a couple new guys playing for them this year that have made a big impact. And, you know, haven't, haven't dug into that film uh, much at all. Just kind of seen them as we've prepared for other opponents at this point. But they're, they're good. And, and, you know, they, they've given us some problems with that triangle in the past. So we're going we're gonna, to, the back half of this week, we're going to spend a good amount of time getting ready for that. And, you know, this is our only home game in a five-game stretch. So you want to make sure you take advantage of that. And, you know, when you don't have to sit on the bus and, and all that, and you got to – you, you want to try to do everything you can to protect your home court in the conference season. And so this is going to be our only opportunity for a couple of weeks. Um, and so that's, that's what we need to do. You know, you take it one at a time and, you know, you get to this point of the year, you know, we're almost to the halfway point of the conference season and it just keeps getting harder and harder to win. And, you know, you get to the back half of the conference season and, everybody's every game fighting for positioning in the conference and, you know, all that stuff. And so there's no easy nights. You know that I've said that a bazillion times and it doesn't matter what a team's record is. It doesn't matter what the standings look like. There's, there's just not that many blowouts. It's going to be a good game and, and you, you dang well better be ready to play from the get go or, or you're going to get beat that night. Absolutely. And, and like Coach and I alluded to, that's his uh, one home game here in a five-game stretch uh, that the Chargers are at home here. So this week, uh, another two tough GPAC games, one on the road, one at home. Wednesday, traveling up to Mitchell, uh, going to the Corn Palace to play uh, Dakota Wesleyan. Women's game will tip off at 6 o'clock Wednesday night with the men's game to follow at 745. And then Saturday, women will tip off in the Flanagan Center at 2, men to follow at 345 as well. So. Wednesday, if you can't get up to the Corn Palace with Mitchell, uh, go to bcuchargers.com. Definitely live stream that. going to be a couple of great games. Uh, Coach, I know it's it's only going to get tough from here on out. I mean, it's, it's G-Pack play from here on out. Got to love it. Yeah, guys got to love it, too. I mean, coming to practice, uh, it's always competitive and it's always ramped up. But having the experience and the guys like like Jaden, uh, Q, both Qs, Kyle, I mean, just the whole roster in general got to be pretty fired up for this time of year. Yeah, for sure. And and I'll tell you what, you know, you look at and I told our players this in practice today, you go back heck seven weeks now even, I really feel like we played really good basketball. And and you know, that hasn't meant we've won every game. We've we've lost some tough ones, some close ones in there. Um and there there hasn't been many blowouts. Most of those games have been close games and and that only makes us better win or lose when you're in those situations. But you know, I think our teams become, and, and it's never a finished product when I say this, but our teams become a really good practice team. Our practices have been really competitive. 
very focused. And, and that's something when you get to this type time of year, I think there's two types of teams. There's the team that is what they are and they're kind of plateaued and that's what they're going to be. And then there's teams that are just going to keep getting a little bit better and a little bit better. And I think we have a chance to be that, you know, time will tell, but I think that our ceiling is, is still higher than where we've played at this point. And that's exciting because I think we can continue to get better and, and, you know, give ourselves a chance to, to be in the best position we can, whatever that is. I don't know. We'll find out, but it's been a fun team to coach so far and, you know, how together they are and a lot of toughness they've played with and practiced with every day. And, you know, I'm looking forward to this next, uh, you know, however long it goes, hopefully a while. Yeah. And you said the word together. And I think that's huge. And I want to touch on it just because looking from the outside now, being a, a fan that's watching, I mean, you look at games that are winning and maybe the couple of games that you've lost. I mean, collectively all five guys on the floor and bench are all together. Uh, they're still staying positive, everything. And you go back to last Wednesday at home against Waldorf. I believe it was anywhere from a 20 to 25 point game. And um, the starters and top seven guys were out and you got the next uh, wave coming in of players. And there's about two and a half or three minutes left. And you got guys, and I'll single them out here, Carson Kruger. I mean, he's diving on the floor for a loose ball in a non-conference game up 20, 25 with three minutes left. I mean, when you have that kind of culture and you got guys one through 15 diving on the floor, buying into everything that the coaching staff is saying, buying into that culture, that's got to feel pretty good. Yeah, it does. And, you know, like I said, we, we have a mature team. I think we have a team that, that doesn't really care about stats. And, you know, guys know that every game is going to be different. And, you know, I might play 20 minutes one game and 38 minutes the next game. And, you know, we're going to do what we have to do to, to try to win that game. But I think our leadership's been really strong. And, you know, I think, you know, to, to single out one person, I think Quinn Voss has been – unbelievable from a leadership standpoint and you know his his positive mentality and you know constantly encouraging his teammates always a voice of reason in timeouts never too high never too low and you know that's invaluable and and so he's done a great job and it's not just him but I I think he's kind of been the one that's really stood out to me um you know at the basically midway point of the season here yeah, and you can't ask for anything more than having senior leadership. And like you said, just being that team that day by day comes to practice. Um, they're, they're competitive. They're fighting uh, in a competitive way, though, and just keep getting better day by day. So, uh, like I said, Wednesday at the Corn Palace playing Dakota Wesleyan. Uh, tough G-Pack road game. They're all tough. Uh, at the 745 for the men, women at 6, and then at home on the flight again Saturday. Women at 2, men at 345. So, looking forward to that. All right, now we're going to roll into it and introduce our guests for this week's podcast. And yes, guests, plural. I had a couple of them here, and uh, obviously this is going to be a good conversation here. So without further ado, this week we have uh, this year's men's basketball varsity student coaches, Marco Balderas and Thomas Hensley. And uh, fellas, this is going to be a great episode. Uh, I can already tell. How uh, how we doing? Good. Doing good, Yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, appreciate you guys being on the show. So, guess uh, gonna roll right into it, Marco. We'll start with you. Um, so, both you guys, um, I know we'll touch on each one of you. Uh, started out playing basketball at Cliff. Now, you guys have transitioned uh, into the student coaching role. Uh, kind of give people a little feedback. Where are you from? How'd you find Briar Cliff? Uh, and all that good stuff. Uh, all right, thanks, Bobby. I'm uh, yeah, like Bobby said, I'm Marco. I'm from Hubbard, Iowa. Went to school at South Hamilton and. Uh, I don't know, I just got recruited to come here and I thought it was the right fit. I really liked their education program they had. Uh, I was getting into business and I really liked their business department. And the basketball program was really good and I wanted to come here because I thought it fit my style. And then played a couple years, JV, and then transitioned into becoming a student coach and just kind of seeing the game differently and helping out players and helping out the younger kids that come in and kind of help them with the game of basketball and whatnot. So Marco, kind of talk about when's the first time you heard of Briarcliff? Have you heard about him for a long time? Uh, did you come to a specific game when you were in high school? And when was the moment, if you can remember, that you kind of realized that, hey, Briarcliff is the place where I want to go? 
actually, I, I didn't really even know about Briarcliff that much, but one of my friends from in AAU that he got like a letter from them, like probably his sophomore, junior year from like the AAU circuit. And I just kind of glanced at it, but didn't really think much of it. And then I got a letter in the mail and then I kind of started looking into it more and more, took a visit here, just really liked everything about it. And I came to a basketball game. I don't remember which one it was. I think it was Friends. They played Friends here at home and just I got to see players like Eric and Jay play and it just it looked like a good place for me and I wanted to come here. For sure. So, Thomas, kind of uh, introduce yourself here a little bit. Where are you from? How did you uh, first hear about Briarcliff? Mm-hmm. Talk about that transition and uh, if there was a, a kind of a turning point or a defining point of, hey, yeah, Briarcliff is uh, the place I want to call home next. Uh, yeah, I'm from Messina, Iowa. I went to uh, high school at uh, Cam High School. Um, I heard of Briarcliff. I had a couple cousins who went there and the one of them actually was an employee there and she kind of helped me get recruited there and um i just on my visit i really liked the mainly the people that i met there it just felt like it felt very homey and um i enjoyed that um what was the other question bobby so kind of similar to Marco, I mean, did you uh, did you come to a game uh, in high school? Do you kind of remember what game that was? And was it at that point that you saw him play in person? You go, yeah, I mean, this kind of fits my game and style. I can see myself coming here. Or what do you kind of remember of uh, the time that you said, all right, yep, this is where I want to commit and play? Well, I was actually one of the um, – I was either the last or one of the last guys to commit from around the area who were on the team, like <clears> – <throat> Jay Wolf and Jackson Lamb and a lot of my uh, freshman teammates were from around the areas who I knew, like RJ and uh, Colby Morrison. So, uh, yeah, I knew a lot of those guys, and uh, I would watch some of their games online, and I just really liked um, how they played, how hard they played, and they were really good, fun to watch, and it looked like a really good uh, program to be a part of. So both both you guys um, coming to Briarcliff, uh, Coach Figuera uh, was the head coach that time. What were some of your guys' initial first thoughts of, of Coach Figuera? And, and they kind of talk about that first time that you met him. Fun fact, Bobby, real quick. Marco was the first recruit to visit Briarcliff when I was the head coach. All right, Marco, we'll start with you then. Kind of talk about that first uh, first initial thoughts of Coach, that kind of conversation. Yeah, what did what you think of Coach Figuera? I thought he was a lot nicer the first time I met him. I'll second that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, I don't know. I didn't really think of much because that was like the first visit I've ever been on and like the first college coach I really talked to. So I didn't really know what to think or expect, but – I mean, he seemed like a great guy and someone who really cared about what he was doing and just wanted what was best for the program. So uh, that's I, when I decided to come here, I thought it'd be a good fit for me. And so uh, for people that don't know, uh, your coach is South Hamilton. Similar uh, characteristics and coaching style, the coach Figuera. Talk about that here just quickly. Uh, yeah, they both kind of – there's times when they can get after it and kind of – get on players when they know, like, when they expect more from them when we might not be performing as good as we can. So, but other than that, I mean, they both believe in the players and know that they can play really good and whatnot. So that's kind of where they're the same. All right, Thomas, kind of first initial reactions to Coach Figuera. Talk about that here. Um, yeah, uh, first initial reaction – uh just seemed like a, a good dude. Um it wasn't till later on in our you know, me being there two, three years. So we developed a relationship where I kinda kinda saw a different side of him and it's a good side and I'm glad that we've been able to build that relationship with both of us as student managers. It's been it's been really fun, especially this year. Um, Thomas saw a, a different side of me 
after his freshman year in a summer workout when he kept cutting on the baseline repeatedly. I don't, I don't even know if I learned my lesson from it or not. But Well, I can tell you, Tom, you didn't. <laughs> well, but, uh, hey, talk, about that, talk about that here quick, Tom. Summer workout, what was going on? How did that kind of start? Uh, well, <laughs> it was – we were doing some drill, um, some offensive drill, kind of like a spacing type of drill, I think. And, I mean, I kept cutting baseline probably like six or seven times in a row. And he yelled at me probably like the fifth or sixth time. If you do it again, you're going to run. And, well, I did it again. And I ran like a deep six or something for it. But I will say – I was wide open probably five of the seven times, and if they just threw me the ball, it was a layup, but it's whatever. Well, when you're cutting on top of another action going on, Tom, it's hard to throw you the ball whether you're open or not because the spacing doesn't work like that. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Well, Thomas, you kind of touched on it, and I wanted to ask you both about it. So both of you guys have gotten the chance to experience Coach Figuera, not only as a player, but uh, a little bit in a more – um, experience role, and I'm obviously familiar with it just on that side of things as a student coach now. But, um, Marco, we'll start with you. Talk about um, maybe some similarities or differences of maybe how coaches change or some different things now in your perspective of him uh, once as a player and then now as a student coach. I don't know. Yeah, definitely transitioning from a player to a student manager, you definitely see a different side, and you kind of got to, like, he, he likes to come over by me on the sideline during games and just yell random things. And some of it might not be the most appropriate, but I just, I got to deal with it and hear it. But I mean, that's just his emotions right there. And yeah, you definitely see a different side uh, becoming a student coach, especially now that we're seniors. So like we've had that relationship for four years and it's just constantly grown and the trust is there and everything is there. So Tom? Um, yeah. Uh, as a player, it is a lot different than a student coach. And, I mean, we still had a really good relationship as a when I was a player. But um, as a student coach, I would say it's, it's more of like a friendship almost, I would say, because, um, I mean, he's not, he's not really coaching, coaching you. And, I mean, you're not catching the heat. I mean, we still catch him heat, but you're not getting criticized every day. Hey, you guys are target number one, man. <laughs> I know how that goes. <laughs> but, yeah, he's not hes not on us every day like he is the players uh, trying to get them better. So, um, and he asks us to do a lot for him and the team. And, I mean, he does a really good job of uh, thanking us for that and making sure were well appreciated throughout the team, just like all the other players do. So, for sure, and yeah, obviously, there's a lot of back end things that go on that people don't see, whether it be uh, washing the Reds um, for scout and, and hanging up jerseys and all that good stuff. So, I'm <clears throat> I'm curious on one thing. So, when I was there, obviously, me and Ethan Urban had. Um, a competition to see who was the student coach that sat on the end of the bench and who had to be the one that uh, kind of got squeezed up and pushed up against Colt Schultz and stuff like that. How did it come to the fact of who sits on the end of the bench, who's in charge of post-game meals? Kind of talk about that and how you guys ended up in that role. Well. And or vice versa. I'll just say some little. Marco is quote-unquote – student manager number one but that gets stripped about every other week from Coach Figuera and then I get bumped up so <laughs> I mean we we actually sit in the front of the bench so like we're we're the first two chairs so I mean we kind of we made an impact right away I came in last year when I was a student coach and I kind of took over and said I'm gonna be first chair and then Tom followed me this year and now he's second chair so I don't know I, don't, I guess I didn't really pay attention to you and Bobby, one side at the end and one side at the middle. You guys didn't even do, like, a competition or anything? I mean, Marco just came in and was just like, you know what, that first chair's mine? 
I mean, yeah, pretty we, much. Pretty I mean, much. me and Tom, I don't mind being second because I can sit next to uh, one of the players and talk to them while I'm taking sets, see, see what they think about what's going on. So we we don't really have a – it kind of works better too because yeah. he's in charge of the clipboard and he sets it like on the scores table and coach goes to him for that. So it's just – it works a little bit better. We have a little system down. But, I mean, other than that, whether it's like who does reds, who does towels, this and that, hang what, we kind of just do whoever's there does it or we do it together. Uh, Marco does most of the of the meals. He, uh, he gets some good deals for us other than last time. Well, hey, I, I was the one that had to do the meals. So I'm very curious on what these deals specifically are at I feel like I can be the judge and also coach Figueroa enough these were good or not so what are these so-called deals that Marco's getting is, I there, like say, a, is there like a certain place because like for for me for example obviously I'm from there but every time we went to Dakota Weston and Mitchell I knew the right pizza place to call or vice or something like that do you have like a spot like Crete or Hastings or something because you just were there that you got the spot you got the deal I mean I just I get the deal no matter where we're at. <laughs> I don't have I don't have to be at a certain place. It doesn't matter if we're at D dub or if we're at Jamestown. I'm getting the deal. I'm getting the job done. I think that Marcos being said, Marco's had two debacles this year. And fortunately fortunately for him, they were both after wins. I will agree on one of those debacles, and that's the happy meal debacle. That was my fault. I don't I didn't really think after that one, but I mean, you guys uh, have been in this program for four years. Time we get fast food, the double cheeseburger, large sized. I mean, and we we get like get, the smallest hamburger I've ever seen on when on Saturday <laughs> night. Well, and you got the hey, same. Bobby, you know how it is. So you gotta get them plain. Yeah, yeah, hey, they, we got that. Guys, but have you guys fumbled on the same green rule yet and not ordered burgers plain? No, we haven't done that. We have not done that. Yet. I just got the wrong size once. Hey, yeah. I, I will mean, say I, when we were in Indiana, Mark when when we were in Indiana, Marco got us a pretty sweet deal at Subway. He got us yeah. like four dollar foot longs two days in a row. That's about as good as it gets. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty tough to beat. I mean, that's very respectable. Well, hey, briefly, briefly talk about this system. Uh, I know Thomas, you kinda said that you guys have a system. I mean Who's in charge of getting stats at halftime? I mean, who's in charge of the clipboard? I know you said Marco was, but like, what's that system look like? And, and I mean, how did it come to come to be? Um, yeah. So last year I was hurt for a lot of the year, probably over half of it. So I was already doing kind of a lot of the managing things, helping Marco out. Um, so this year I kind of been doing the same things I was doing last year, but uh, he, he, he's in charge of getting coached the stats at halftime. And um, he gives me his clipboard while he's doing that. And I give him the halftime sheet so he can write on that. And uh, when it comes to like uh, reds and stuff and like doing laundry and washing jerseys, we usually go up and do that together. Um, it, it just makes it a lot quicker when we're both there. We can hang stuff up. Um, but, yeah, uh, not really – I wouldn't say we have much of a system. We kind of just communicate and do it when we're both ready to. Usually it's not in good enough <laughs> time for coach, but – do you guys have any superstition type things? I mean, on if you do a certain thing on a game day and you guys win, do you kind of have to do the same thing, or do you guys not like that at all? I'm not really like that. I'm not going to lie. I don't have any superstitious things I do, no. You just got to come ready to play. So for those who don't know, every GPAC road win we have is finished off with a student coach competition. And depending on where we're at and what the space is like and what's around us, you know, kind of dictates what we do. And I think right now it's, it's, is it two to one Marco 
on the season. Marco, yeah. Yeah. And so at Mount Marty, um, Tom had an embarrassingly easy win in arm wrestling. That was, yeah. At, at Northwestern, the locker room floor was soaked with water, and I didn't think it was safe, so we had to put that off till the next day at practice. And Tom won – or excuse me, Marco beat Tom in a one-on-one football matchup with me as the quarterback. You can and imagine how those were, Bobby. Are they blocking each other or what? This is a no, new one for me. No, it's, it's, it's just – We guard each other 1v1 route running. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, the offensive player tells me what route they're running. I start dropping dimes, and uh, you know Tom I mean, uh, Tom just happened to drop a really easy catch. Yeah, I I I had a good five feet of separation, easy basket catch, and I just butterfingers lost it. And I made. Well, we've talked about on the podcast as far as good locker rooms in the GPAC on the road, and Northwestern's got one of the top ones, but even in there, you're pretty limited on what route you can run. No, 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 Bobby, you didn't, you didn't listen to him. We didn't do it in the locker room because the guy sprayed water all over the place, and it was wet, and I didn't think it was safe. We did this in the gym the next day at practice. Yeah, but I'm just saying, though, I mean, even if it was dry and you did it in the locker room, I mean, that's pretty yeah, – no, we didn't I, do it in the locker room. I can't imagine that. That, right. that wouldn't have been the student competition probably, Bobby. Well, that's what I'm saying. I get what you're saying, but, yeah, that would be tough. That, there probably would have been a few injuries if we did it in Northwestern locker room. Well, and then Saturday, I think all of us legitimately forgot about it. And, frankly, I was a little concerned about the weather and worried about checking roads and whatnot. And so today at practice, we had a little uh, wiffle ball hitting contest, which which Marco won as well. So Marco's on the two-game winning streak right now to take the season lead. And and it should be known that, you know, Marco's not a bad baseball player. Thomas was a college baseball player at one point. So, you know, it was a little bit of an upset today. I only had four people on my side, I think. Yeah. It it didn't go how I thought it was going to, but <laughs> me neither. Props to Marco. He was he was hitting the crap out of the ball. So I knew I had to come ready to play today because just that first one, Tom embarrassed me and I didn't want that to happen again. So you guys also have another competition you've been doing all season. I haven't asked Lila, what's what's the standings in your three point shooting contest? It's twenty five to nineteen. Twenty six to nineteen. Twenty six to nineteen. Twenty six to nineteen. I had a good I had a good little last couple of days. I was down like 10. nine or ten. Ten. He's made a slight push, but, but I made a slight push and no worries. We're all good here. Um, we'll we'll build it back up. It doesn't help that Tom's in shooting ladder every week and getting his shots in. <laughs> Right. How uh how often do you guys do the the competition? Is it every game day? Um, it's usually when we have early practice and the girls aren't on the floor. So or if we're waiting for laundry or something like that, we'll do it. Sometimes we do it after practice when we're about to hang up practice uniforms. Yeah, mainly when they're watching film before practice, we're down the court playing it. We're playing that game instead of setting up for practice for mob ball. Unfortunately, that has been the case a couple times. <laughs> so, uh, a question I'm curious on, when do you guys switch up who brings in the bench chairs to road games, or is it one person specifically every nope. time? Well, all I know at is... The be- at the beginning, I would say it was more me who was carrying them, but now Marco's been... Lately, it's been Marco who's been carrying them, but, I mean... Don't even think one of the one of the guys will grab them because everything will be grabbed and put on the bus, but those chairs every single time. Well, it's a student coach's responsibility to grab the chairs, not the players. Well, the no. players when they walk out are supposed to grab some to help us out. That's what, that's how it's all. We'll grab the laundry bag. I mean, I can't blame them. I well, guess. well the, the reason I'm asking you that question is because I have a follow up question, and that is. In all of the GPAC road arenas, what is the worst arena 
and the worst walk when you have this, the bench chairs to go from the bus to the locker room. Hmm. From the bus to the locker room. It's got to be Jamestown. Jamestown? Jamestown or – well, yeah. we haven't been to Midland yet. Now it's Mount Marty for the that, year. Are, is that, yeah. like, collectively, like, that's what you guys are both agreeing on? Mount Marty? Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm going to be honest. Mine was Concordia, hands down, not even close. I mean, when you get to the front of the arena and then they take you down across and you have to go through the side of the the fitness center on the, the bottom level and then over, I thought that was the absolute worst. So I was just curious on what you guys thought. So, we have, so we have two of the worst ones coming up is what you're saying. Yes, I mean, Wednesday is going to be easy because, I mean, you're going to the back of the Corn Palace. You go up like five steps and you go to the right. That one's super easy. Um, and then Crete, Crete's okay. I mean, you walk no and you go to the right and it's down the hall. Oh, yeah, Dones at home. Yeah, so that's – yeah, you guys are completely fine this week. Yeah. Home's my favorite one. Which one of you two has gotten written up the most in kangaroo court? So we're pretty oh, close to even. No. Me. Yes. You've been on a streak lately. I thought – what? I don't think it's that much. Well, it's, it's gotten so bad, Bobby, that they just – they pay in in advance, and we just subtract it from what they have in the, the, the bank. We have been no, no, we, it's not – it's not we yeah. pay, it's I pay. Every Monday, you guys are rolling into practice, just dropping a five in there going, all right, there's my weekly. No, they, they, they put in a 20 about a month ago. <laughs> we got 15 in the bank, I think, or something like that. I did, yeah. But. All right, each of you separately uh, answer this. Marco, we'll start with you. What, what takes a good student coach? Uh preparation you gotta always be prepared for stuff and you gotta make sure you have everything especially I mean if it's not one of coaches good days it's not gonna be good for you so the better you're prepared the better things will be for you that's what I'd have to say um yeah I would say um I would say just making sure that you, you got all all the things that you need to do, um, have those done so that the players and coaches, um, they're able to do exactly what they need to do so we can get a win. My, uh, my last big question for the both of you, why do you both hate Sweater Vest Saturday and refuse to do it anymore? I don't even and, know. And, and I'm, I'll, I'll jump in first. I'm so proud of you guys for not doing that. You're first of all, up? first of all, this, I mean, this year we haven't really dressed up at all because we've kind of switched to a new thing. All of us, well, me and Tom, the student managers and the coaches have kind of gone like the polo route. So we just all wear polos and I don't know, it's, it looks a lot better than the sweater vest. And Primo, you, job can, wear a, you can wear a polo underneath the sweater vest. Doesn't mean you should though. Yeah. It's a rite of passage. No. No. Well, hey, that's going to do it for our guests here this week. Uh, Marco, Thomas, I know more uh, than than a lot of other people. But, hey, good stuff. Appreciate all the hard work that you guys do behind the scenes. Uh, Definitely doesn't go unnoticed or underappreciated. So, good stuff. Keep up the good work. Uh, Appreciate you guys being on here this week. Thank you for having us, Bobby. Yeah, thanks, Bobby. All right, see you, boys. Thanks, guys. So we're going to transition our way now um, into the life rules uh, part of the podcast. Always a fan favorite uh, here on the show. Coach, this week's episode, what, uh, what do we have for a life rule? All right, as we record this, it's January 3rd, 2022. This will be out on the 4th or 5th. By the next podcast that's out, which will be the 11th or 12th, your Christmas decorations should be down and put away. Are yours already down and put away as we're recording this? They will be by the end of the weekend. 
So just just out of curiosity, when does the Figueroa household put up Christmas decorations and then they come down, you said, in about a week? After Thanksgiving. And, you know, if you're familiar, Bobby, there's a song called The 12 Days of Christmas. And so I will go with The 12 Days of Christmas, which puts it at January 6th, 7th, somewhere in there. I'm not very good at math. But uh, you get to that point. And, you know, with my schedule this time of year, it has to be a weekend. So we'll, we'll let it slide this week. And by the weekend, they're done. This, is, this isn't a, a whole winter long thing. Christmas season is over by this weekend. Yeah, no, I, I fully agree. And I'm, I'm in support and, and with you 100%. So I know where you're coming from. Well, now we're going to roll and make our way into the shout out uh, part of the episode here this week. And uh, Coach, you can uh, go ahead and start us out. Uh, who's your shout out here for this week? Yeah, my shout out this week um, is a multiple time podcast guest, but uh, a mentor and former boss of mine, Lance Creech, uh, was a longtime coach at Hastings College, came over and had breakfast with me uh, Saturday at our hotel. And, you know, it's always great to see him. I know he's a podcast listener. So, Coach Creech, you get your shout out here. Great to see you. Yeah, and I'm going to give a shout out to a guy I saw here at the basketball game and, uh, and a Briarcliff legend, and, and I'm confident with saying that here. And I'm going to give a shout out to Jay Wolf. Uh, had the chance of watching the first half with Jay here and, and catching up on Wednesday. Jay is is doing a lot of basketball work and running, doing some great things in the Siouxland area with United Sports Academy. So want to give a shout out to him. He's doing a great job so far. He's loving it. Uh, and if you guys are listening to this, get a chance to have your, uh, your daughter, your son go uh, learn the game of basketball. Not a better guy to go uh, have it taught to than, than Jay Wolf, uh, Briarcliff legend. So shout out to Jay and all the work that he's doing uh, with the young hoopsters uh, here in Siouxland. So shout out to Jay. Well, hey, that's going to do it for this week's episode of BC Buckets Podcast. I uh, want to thank our guests, uh, Thomas Hensley and Marco Balderas, for joining us again. And like I said, coach here this Wednesday, tough one in Mitchell at B-Dub. Uh, men's game will tip off at 745. But, hey, we're back in the Flanagan Center on Saturday at 345. So make sure if you can't get there, you check it out on bcucharters.com, live stream it. Coach, I will be there in person on Wednesday uh, supporting and cheering on. So, hey, best of luck. Looking forward to seeing you. Uh, and just overall this week, good luck to you and the boys. Thanks, Bobby. Yeah, we'll do it.